This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. It's 5th Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack. Eric Tangrady with me, Tango. How are we doing? Uh, this Dallas game last night is the Pens get ready for the Caps. Uh, and we'll talk about the Caps in a couple of minutes. But this Dallas game Thursday night, um, I don't I don't know what to make of it. I, they obviously outplayed the Stars for long stretches of the game. Uh, but I think what you got was exactly what you wish you could have as a Penguins fan, which is a goal, t- and you saw it from Dallas's side of things, a goaltender who can steal a game for you when things aren't going well. That's what Jake Ottinger did for Dallas. Uh, and that's the one thing it feels like the Penguins don't have, especially now. Um, with Tristan Jari being dinged up, which we'll get to in a second. But Mike Sullivan said he thought they played well enough to win. There was a lot to like about it overall. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, overall, they played very sound uh, back-to-back hockey games, deserving to come away with four points. But like as you discussed, like in the National Hockey League, no team is going to dominate for 60 minutes. But teams will have spurts where they dominate, and there's a ton of momentum, and it just takes – whatever time for good teams to get involved, whether that's a power play or some, you know, fight something to get them into the game. And um, you're exactly right. Like somebody that can weather momentum in the net. uh, That's why it comes down to the most important position for a lot of hockey teams, because you're not going to have your stuff for 60 minutes, but do you have that piece that can keep you engaged and keep you in a hockey game where um, we might not have been able to see that kind of on our side by, by any means lately. Do you do you make anything like how would you read it as a player in the room if you hear the coach say, "Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the way we played, even though we didn't get the win." There's a lot to like about things, and when it feels like you're fighting and scratching and clawing for every point in the playoff race, do you need a coach? Were you one of those guys that needed a coach to be a little edgier, or is that what you should be doing with a veteran team? Is saying, "Hey, you know, we did what we had to do. We know that's a W more often than not." Well, it depends on the opponent. Like, I mean, like I talked about last week, like that schedule to me, I don't know if any team will go through a harder back-to-back in the National Hockey League than that. You go to altitude, you go and you, and you, you bring it, you show a, a playoff-type hockey game, all four lines contributing. You go into Denver and, and beat the Stanley, the former champs who still look like pretty sharp moving forward. And then you have to fly through the night down to Dallas and get up for – another team who we could see in the Western Conference Finals. So um, I, I think that's what makes Sullivan great is when he says that's a, a good game and we probably should have won. I think that's – you can build some momentum and have confidence in your losses. It's just unfortunate that they're a team right now that 
unless you get two points, it really doesn't matter. Like those those uh, motivational losses and those those good losses don't really apply down the stretch when you're battling for a playoff spot. So yeah, I take it as a positive for sure. What do they do in goal at this point? Um, it sounds there's no timetable on Jari. Lower body injury. We don't know if it's the same lower body injury, a different one. We don't know if it was completely healed and re-injured. If it, we don't know. Um, so all we know is Tristan Jari is banged up, and that when asked about it, Mike Sullivan just said we're going to put the goaltender in that we think gives us the best chance to win. Short term, that's Casey DeSmith because well he's healthy, but long term. You know, if Tristan Jari is able to get back and get healthy in the next couple of weeks, do they have time to ramp him back up to number one status going into the playoffs? Um, is there a world where game one of the playoffs, even though Tristan Jari might be good to go, not 100%, but good to go, that Casey DeSmith gets the start? That's where it gets challenging. Um, I believe him when he says we have to play whoever's going to give us the best chance of the win because there really is no alternative. I mean, these mm-hmm. these games are probably going to come down to coaching staff, goalie coaches, a feel on who they think gives them the best chance to, to win a hockey game. There is no time right now to ease somebody back into it and you know give them a couple of days with the goalie coach. Like, it backs against the wall. It's desperation time. So, um, unfortunately, this is the cards that they're dealt as a hockey team. They need they need the Smith to step up and play some incredible hockey down the stretch if they're going to have a chance. And if Jari gets healthy, um, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, do you today give us the best chance to win this hockey game? You're in. Because if not, th- th- they don't have another choice. What if I put you in a bit of a management position for just a second? Um, what, what do you do with this position going forward, uh, in the off season, it, it, regardless of the results this year, unless you go on some kind of mega run, uh, to the cup final, um, do you, Tristan Jari, you would think wants to go into the market looking for a multi-year deal. I don't know how realistic that is at this point. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, you look at the, the, the UFA market for goaltenders this coming off season, it's not exactly a murderer's row. You know, it's some crafty veterans who'd maybe be okay in a 1B role to a 1A. Um, there's there's not a lot of young talent available unless you're going to go about it via the trade market, which, again, we don't know if that's something Ron Hextall or whoever the GM may be, another big question mark to throw out there, will have an appetite for. So if if you're the organization, uh, what, how do you approach Jari going into the offseason? Yeah, they're going to need a lot of help from the scouts because if you look at some of these teams, um, they've had some quick turnover. Um, you know, there's a lot of depth goaltenders out there, and I think they definitely need to have that stable depth. Um, call it one B, where you know what you're going to get out of them. And, and there's a lot of teams that that you just can't have the infrastructure to pay the top of the cap for a goaltender because it just doesn't work. And and to rely on drafting a goaltender now, like you may not see him in net for three to five years. So they're in a really, really tough situation. Um, one that doesn't really encourage me for tomorrow as far as how they're going to come out of this thing, because I think they've put a lot of trust in, in these two guys and have showed that committed that, that they've been committed to them um, for a franchise that's been very quick to cut ties with uh, what have you done for me lately in, in, in net when you look at what Marc-Andre Fleury had done and see you later and then Matt Murray, same thing. So um, I think they kind of have themselves in a really, really hard situation where the other options out there might not be as strong, but um, getting some fresh blood in that lineup in the goaltender situation has to be on their mind in the summer. 
They get the Caps on Saturday night, but they get them at home, and it's a Caps team that's kind of cashed in their chips for this season anyway, uh, trying to kind of retool on the fly around what's left of that Ovechkin-Backstrom core, kind of similar to what the Pens may be trying to do this summer uh, around Crosby, Malkin, Latang. So um, you've played in some of these Pens-Caps games. Um, there's going to be lots of talking, lots of talking. Um this is a rivalry. Tom Wilson is out there. You know, there are guys with their heads on a swivel. So before we get into the the actual physicality of a rivalry like this, this sounds like, maybe it sounds like a stupid question, but do you go into this game knowing who I'm going to chirp, what I'm going to say to them, how I can get them off their game? Like, it's, it's only a half-joking question, Eric, in that, like, you have to be on your mental game for a rivalry game like this, too. Yeah, right. And, and honestly, this is kind of a scary game for me as a looking at it from the Penguins' perspective because I anticipate the Caps to play as run-and-gun, high-risk, high-reward type of hockey as they can because they've got nothing really to play for at this point. And, you know, you have Ovechkin chasing goal, um, the goal record. Like, these types of games, the Penguins seem to be like they've struggled the most against. When you look at Montreal, they are a high-risk, explosive offensive team um, now, what I'd like to see is like, can they play a shutdown style of hockey that limits time and space and doesn't get into these running guns? Because the Pens, they can play both of those games, but why make this game a coin flip when you know if you play the right way with structure, playoff oriented hockey, you're going to win. Um, when it comes to the chirping stuff, like I'm sure you're going to have, you know, the Wilsons and them are going to run around like that's their game. That's what makes them effective. The Penguins don't really have that threat of pushback. So I would actually anticipate them to be rather quiet and say, put us on the power play. Let's just play hockey. But then from Washington's perspective, like we're coming in here to be spoiler. Um, you know, we're still here and we're going to just run and gun this game and see what, what the outcome is going to be. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's some of the funniest stuff you've heard, chirp-wise? Um, well, I think I told my call Drew story about how basically he told me you know i'm getting sent down in the minors the next day and i did um i never really had the opportunity to be really uh mouthy in, in the national league but i've seen some guys that just sit at the end of the bench and you know borderline their ice time doesn't pay their but pay their paycheck but man vocally they just they could bring it like we always have jokes that you're like he's an a plus chirper but a, a, a d minus hockey player but um, a lot of the stuff is, is strict. It is rated R. I mean, there's some guys that yeah. just go really, really deep. I think those days have definitely softened up and as 2023, everyone's become more sensitive to what we say, but you know, right. some of these scrums, like, you know, people are looking at Wikipedia's and family trees and, and past relationships. Like I, I've seen some <laughs> of the nastiest stuff in these scrums that make guys steam come out of their ears. So when I look back at it now, like grown men basically in a schoolyard, like right. making fun of each other, um, it, it made for a lot of a lot of laughs, and also it brought the intensity when you have guys basically skipping warmups to just hang out at the red line and talk trash the entire yeah. time. Yeah, I imagine we don't get a lot of the. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the classic video of 
Trottier and Stevens during the cup finals against the North Stars chirping Brian Bellows. I I imagine we don't get anything on that level quite anymore. Uh, Like you said, people are a little more sensitive to that kind of stuff. But then, like, we do have, like I mentioned before, a Tom Wilson in this game. And Tom Wilson says a couple days ago, there's not going to be any quit in the caps down the stretch. So for just a, a couple of minutes here, two with Tango, uh, is there anybody, you know, who are the guys that you've played against that are Wilson-like in that the guys on their team love him, everybody else hates him, and if nothing else, you know that you're going to have to have your head on a swivel if you're on the ice at the same time as him. Yeah, and and we've talked about in the past about I felt like the need of having a, a heavyweight type tough slash tough guy just to free guys up to play maybe a type of way that they're not accustomed to so what i mean by that is you know do you have a three four defenseman that you know in the first period of the game when a forward's cutting across the middle a top six guy on the other team you want to go and level him um if you have the you know the, the ryan reeves is who i would explain you know the, the 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 guy that screams that to me like someone that just makes you as a player feel like you can do things that you'd never be able to do in a hockey game so that defenseman lines somebody up and sets a tone early in the game now, he doesn't have to answer the bell because you have Greaves on the bench chirping, making sure everybody's in line because if somebody acts up, like he's going to get six to nine minutes a game. He will drop his gloves and take two minutes in the box because he's not really hurting his team by not being on the ice. Right. So that's somebody I look at, like can police the game, but more importantly, just gives the freedom to other players to play a type of toughness, play a type of style that makes them feel pretty protected out there. And that's what Wilson does great. Like he can score goals and he can play that role. He's not scared of anybody. So he actually plays the hockey game exactly how he wants to play it. Cause there's nobody that's going to answer the bell to him. Did you ever find yourself going into a game against the team, especially if somebody had taken liberties in a past matchup saying, Hey, I know 23 or 25 or whatever his name is. If I catch him in the tracks, I'm absolutely going to line him up. Yeah. Um, as far as like for me, I, I had to kind of play with the mentality of like, whatever, if I get beat up, this is going to be the only way that I can play. Um, but I'll never forget in Winnipeg, um, you know, Mike Giordano, um, basically knee on knee with Mark Shifley. And our coach is looking at our fourth line, me, Chris Thorburn, Anthony Pelusa, saying like someone, you better go out there and like affect somebody important on their team. And then Brian McGratton skates by our bench and just says, Hope nobody wants to get into trouble tonight. And like, you know, it makes you laugh and makes you like smile. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. if I go after one of their top guys and I have to answer the bell against the toughest guy in the NHL, like it definitely made me second guess what I was going to do. It right. definitely made me change or, you know, yeah, I'll go finish a check clean and be aggressive, but like probably not going to go try and cheap shot somebody with their head down to even the score, knowing the momentum of him beating the crap out of me in front of my entire team is just going to shift it right back in their favor anyway. Right. So uh, I don't know if I probably didn't really answer the question directly, but no, I definitely but know that like those guys have a, a purpose and a meaning even still in today's game. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's interesting to me that, you know, you do have to think um, it, of the chess game, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, two or three moves ahead of, yeah, I got to go out and take a run at somebody, but when I do, I'm going to have to answer the bell against this guy. Like you said, whether it's a Reeves, a McGratton, whoever it may be. And I know if I answer the bell against them, yeah, I can stand in there and take the shots, but what's it going to do to the momentum of the game swinging back the other way? And that's, that's the extra move on the chessboard that you do have to think about. And 
why it does, why some people still insist, like you're saying, that you got to have you got to have somebody on that bench who's going to be the one to go out and handle that business. Yeah, a perfect example of that is Brad Marchand. Like Brad Marchand has mastered the art of being a 40-40 goal assist guy and getting under players' skins and playing his way. They, Boston has always made sure to have somebody in that lineup that gives Brad Marchand the ability to be Brad Marchand. Now, right now it's Trent Frederick. Like he can play uh, a versatile game um, where he can be physical, he'll fight, he'll drop the gloves, adding Bertuzzi, some more sandpaper. You know, you look at Tampa, they got Maroon, Bogosian, they added Janot. Like people don't realize, like you're not just trading for someone to fight and create momentum. You're freeing up the rest of your lineup to play whatever type of way they want to play because they're not scared that anyone's going to answer the bell. So it is, like you say, it's a chess game. There is so much value, even more so in the game today where we're trying to limit fighting, the dirty hits, the headshots. You'll look at the final four teams in this in this in this final uh, uh, going for the Stanley Cup playoff. I'll be able to name one player on each team that makes that whole entire lineup feel pretty safe about the way they play hockey. Good stuff today, Tango. We'll see how it goes against the Caps, and then a big week next week too. Boston comes to town a week from the, uh, this Saturday, so some some big games on the line as this team continues to try and, like I said earlier, scratch and fight and claw for every point they can get in the standings. Thanks for the time today, man. No, thank you. Good show as always. All right. We'll catch up soon. Something that still doesn't get talked about all that much is the need to have guys on your bench who are willing to go out there and intimidate the other side. Uh, Fighting being slowly pulled out of the game a little bit more year by year, but as long as the possibility exists that someone on the other bench may skate up to you and put their fist right in the middle of your face, Uh, I guess the possibility exists that you may not want to take a run at somebody on their team. Uh, Don't know how much that'll be a part of the math when the Pens and Caps get together on Saturday. Tom Wilson for the Caps, as I mentioned earlier, maybe it will be a part of it. What I do know will be a part of the math going forward for the Penguins is figuring out the goaltender position. We'll talk to Sean Gentili of The Athletic about that and a lot more next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.